you know, make factual decisions, but we still can't take away from the component, the, the artistic component of being a coach, right? Like, um, I think the, the analytics as a whole arms you a little bit stronger, quite honestly. I think if, if a coach, um, rather than just heavily focusing on, on the analytical um, information or data that we're able to, to gather and collect and put into play, I think it's important for a coach to use um, the uniqueness that they might have for each individual player to put together a system that's going to help that player um, flourish ultimately is a goal. So I would say to, to answer the question, we do have a, a, um, a, a big chunk of analytical um, things that we, that we do on a daily basis, but we definitely as a coaching staff, uh, we're very good at, um, at, uh, at using what each player uses. So there's the technical component. We do focus, obviously, you need to focus on having some good technical um, skills in your swing. Like the, at the end of the day, I, I told. All right. So what's up? Uh, I'm your host, Joel Hartman, the Prospect Dugout Podcast. I am joined by Calix Crab from Tampa, Florida. He is the Texas Rangers uh, MLB assistant hitting coach. So I am um, excited to be joined by Calix today. Talk about baseball. Talk about life. Talk about gadgets and gizmos and analytics because that's. Uh, that's what Calix likes to talk about. So um, <clears throat> thank you for joining me, Calix. Why don't you go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself um, and just uh, kind of tell us who you are. Hi, um, thanks for having me, uh, partner. It's been, um, it's been a while since we've been able to do one of these. Um, obviously, um, it's a unique circumstance, unique times, um, but it's also a great opportunity for us to, um, to really um, talk to people and connect with people um, under these very, um, you know, unique circumstances. And, and obviously social media and um, live streaming gives us the ability to do so. But, um, you know, thanks for having me. It's, it's, it's great for me to be able to talk a little bit about where I'm from, what, what, what mm -hmm. I do, um, how, how much I enjoy uh, motivating people. So, um, yeah, let's rock. What's your, you changed your Instagram name. Um, what is your new Instagram name? Because I'm going to tag you. I just started Instagram Live. It's just, it's just, K, it's Kalex at Crabology. So it's the, it's the, um, I just added my first name to it. Um, obviously, you know, I've, I've scaled back Kalex, quite a bit. It's Kalex Crabology? Kalex underscore Crabology. Okay. Underscore Crabology. All right. So I'm, I just started Instagram Live. So why don't you go ahead and um, request to join, and then we'll have a live audience for our podcast. All right, let's do it. Let's see about this lighting too. Yeah. And then, yeah, that should be good. As long as your computer screen is like, yeah, right there. As long as you're right there, it's very, very bright. Um, yeah, go ahead and request to join, and um, we'll have uh, so we'll have a live live audience. So it's having a hard time. Let me do something real quick. Let me um, apologies. Let me. Like I said, I'm, I'm out in my man cave, so um, yeah, it's ha it's having a, a hard time. Uh, I know what it is. I just figured it out. Sorry. Um, let me try that again. Uh, with the internet service, it's um, I haven't put an extender out here just yet, and so I have to. Um, right, so yeah, Wi-Fi isn't connected. Let's go ahead and let's uh, let's get that connected because my, my uh, regular cell phone service is, is kind of low. Apologies for the technical dif difficulties. Okay. Um, so I should be joining here in a second. And obviously my, my niece is trying to call me. All right, so it's, um, for the mean, in the meantime, we're having some issues. Let me, let's, let's continue on with the podcast and then I'll go ahead and um, I'll try to connect as I go along. How about that? that okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so let me ask you a question. Um, 
Yeah, go ahead. Last year, last year was your first year as um, <clears throat> assistant hitting coach on the big league level. Mm-hmm. Really, your first your first job as a hitting coach professionally. You had been working with professional athletes in Tampa uh, at Diesel Fitness, where you have your crabology lab. Um, so you've been working with pro guys there, but you you d- didn't have a job with a team. So tell me what that experience was like last year, um, your first time, you know, getting your feet wet as a major league baseball coach. Obviously, um, you know, it was it was a great opportunity, um, you know, from the beginning of, of being asked to, to interview for the position and then actually getting the, uh, the actual position. Um, it was it was it was quite enjoyable. Um, obviously, there was some apprehension. No, no, that's the wrong word. There was some uncertainty about how well I would do. I'm a confident guy, but I haven't um, had the lack of experience as a, as a previous hitting coach really at any level other than the amateur level. Um, you question how well are you going to be received by the guys. I knew that I have a, a unique ability to connect with, um, with players. And so I wasn't mm-hmm. too worried about um, that part of it, but obviously I have some strong beliefs um, from, a, from a philosophical standpoint. Uh, on, on hitting as a whole, but, um, you know, the mindset and vision and, and the different aspects of, um, of, of, of hitting. And so um, it was, it was, you know, there was a little bit of like, you know, not scared, but a little nervousness about that. But luckily, once I got to spring training, um, we had already kind of built a rapport with the guys. I built up some equity before we got to spring training with the mini, with the mini camp right. that we had in Texas. And that, um, that kind of um, spearheaded and, and connected um, made it easier to connect with the players. So it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, I learned a lot. I'm sure we'll get to talk about some of those things that I learned. Um, and, and going into year two, um, I continue to, to still learn and, and I feel more confident um, in, my, in my abilities to convey a message, um, not just an individual message, but an organizational message to our, um, to our players, you know, obviously at the major league level and then and, and sending it down throughout the minor league level. So... All right, I just I got live to to uh, go on my phone, so go ahead and uh, let's try one more time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's having it's having a hard time. Um, that makes sense. So let's just try one more time. Um, all right, here we go. So let me request. It's not allowing me. I don't see the the little button that you have to request. It's not allowing me. Yeah, it should be right next to where you can comment. Yeah, it's not. Here we go. Then maybe the dots request to join live. Uh, no, it's not. Did you did you unfollow me, bro? Uh, what? Um, yeah. Uh, no, because I can't. There we go. Request. There we go. All right. Perfect. 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 Yeah. Fine. It. it took a second. It, it took a it, second to it. pop up. Uh, again, the, the internet's a little bit spotty, so I apologize um, for that. So. All right. It's waiting for you. All right. Sweet. So that's cool. Um, now let's fast. There he is. There he is. So Instagram Live is working now. Um, so we're on the podcast, the Prospect Dugout podcast. My guest is Calix Crab. He is the Texas Rangers MLB um, assistant hitting coach. Calix, uh, do me a favor. Um, turn your phone volume down because we're using our headphones. We won't use the Instagram volume. But um, I'm with Calix. We're talking about baseball. We're talking all things baseball. Calix um, just finished his first season last year um, with the Rangers. And so that leads me to my next question. You get out there for spring training to Arizona. Um, you're getting ready to go and then the shutdown. Tell me what that's been like. Tell me what that was like initially when you guys first like realized, oh, okay, something's going to happen. And then when it actually happened. Um, so, so obviously um, before leaving for spring training, 
um, there was there was starting to um, some some traction was starting to gain a little bit on on the um, the COVID nineteen, um, and so we we kind of knew that um, if things um, had progressed that. Um, we didn't think it would probably be a shutdown, but obviously we know that we deal with large amounts of people on a daily basis. And I'm sure there was going to be some type of policies that would, would um, kind of be enacted once we, um, you know, get into spring training and move into our spring training. Um, and then the, the situation became more fluid. Um, we were updated probably about two or three times um, in spring training uh, collectively as a group. And obviously as a staff, we were very um, updated on the, on the situation, um, knowing that, if it continued to to get worse, there's a chance that we could uh, potentially um, stop playing um, baseball. I, I think most of us weren't expecting it to happen, if I were to be honest mm -hmm. with you, um, because we didn't know the severity of the situation. And so obviously, um, you know, it, it changed. We had a day off and believe it or not, we were called in on a day off. And um, after, you know, about four days before that, they had talked about, hey, this is getting a little bit more serious. We'll kind of update you. Mm -hmm. Once they called us in, um, they explained to us that Major League Baseball was, was shutting down all operations at this point due to the COVID-19 situation. And it, it, was a, it was a somber moment in the room. I think um, throughout the whole um, spring training, the whole offseason, we had um, organizationally, we had done a really nice job of, of putting together some systems and processes and, and connecting with our players. And, and we made some key acquisitions. Corey Kluber was someone that we, we acquired, obviously, um, in, in, in a trade with the Indians. We added Kyle Gibson. And so we believed um, collectively that uh, we had a very strong um, starting rotation. And, and, and mm -hmm. it started to shift that our starting rotation would actually be um, our, our strongest point um, for, our, for our team. And so at the end of the day, once um, we started to shut things down, we actually we were starting to gain some traction um, offensively as well. Um, Todd Frazier came on board. Um, him and Elvis and, and all the guys they were they were they were collect, you know collectively building a good idea. Joey, um, you know, starting to take a leadership role. Um, since you true, obviously, I can speak volumes about um, him and his character. Um, but as a unit, we were starting to get really cohesive, and obviously, it was it was saddening to see that um, we were going to be. We we're going to be stopping all of those, you know, good things that we had, that we were doing. So um, it was sad. Um, obviously, we we understand it's, there's some sensitivity to the situation because mm -hmm. baseball really, at, in, at the end of the day, is not the most important thing. It's, it's it's what we do. It's what we love. But I think that the health and safety of the of the general public oh, yeah. um, is is way more, um, you know, important and takes a higher precedence. Yeah, man. So so how does that? affect you now as a coach okay so I know the players obviously they got to stay in shape that's that's going to be tough that's going to be tough to stay game ready obviously when when everything gets back into action there's going to be another you know ramp up period like a spring training period again but like how do you adjust as a coach now not only at the big league level with your big league guys but Talk about a little bit from the instructor side, like what you would do at Crabology if you had, if you weren't a big league hitting coach and you had guys like you've worked with in the past come to you during this shutdown, like obviously they, they wouldn't be able to come and work with you as much in, in the group. So how would you adjust? How, how are you going to adapt, um, you know, with, with, you know, being locked up and being, you know, basically just virtual? Well, I, I think um, as crazy as this sounds, I think there's no greater time in probably the history of man to have um, 
a situation like this happen, right? Like we, we do possess the unique um, ability to, to still socially connect um, through live streaming, um, through video broadcasting. And so um, what I would do is I would immediately enact a, um, a system and a process to help our players continue to still move so that, um, when I say move, I mean physically move so that whenever things hopefully die down, um, there's not this, you know, this rapid, um, kind of startup of the engine, which obviously we're bringing a host of challenges, right? Like now you're talking mm -hmm. about the, the increased potential for injury, also um, the mental um, impacts of, of, of feeling like you're rushed. There's, there's, there's a buildup of anxiety that's taking place. So if I were in my position that I was in right now, I would kind of do what I'm, I'm doing. Obviously, I've pulled back a lot on social media. Um, you know, I've, um, that's partly intentional. I think um, I also know that, you know, with a new job, I want to make sure that I'm solely focused on um, my my uh, my job description and, and and really helping the organization to get better. But I would I would do video um, do video lessons with them. I would put together some type of um, visual acuity training. I think aside from moving the body, the eyes need to continue to stay sharp. So yeah. I would ask my players to um, to do some small drills, things like write some numbers on some tennis balls, um, have their their kids or their wife or, or girlfriend. Um, whom, whom, whomever throw some balls at him and try to see if they can catch um, some specific um, numbers in, in specific hands. Um, I would I would ask them to get some colored um, golf balls, some colored um, soft golf balls, obviously. And then I would I would ask them to hit specific colors. And, and um, you know, if, if any anything, I mean, you saw the video of um, the catcher from the Cubs, um, mm -hmm. Contreras. Um, I would find. You know anything that I, that forces me or challenges me to to, to stay um, you know sharp, right? Maintain clarity um, and and maintain the ability to make you know accurate and and um, decisive, fast decisions. Um, so yeah, I mean there's a host of things. I mean I can go through I can can go through a ton, um, but obviously we only have a limited amount of time. But yeah, I mean movement series or some type of visual acuity training. Yeah. No, let me uh, let me ask you a question about this. So, with the guys on your club on the on the Rangers, so have are they on their own right now, or do you guys have something that you've given them, or are you checking in on them, so, or how is that so working? What I'll do is I'll give you. I can't tell you every single thing because we're trying right. to find. We're trying to make this a kind of a competitive mm -hmm. advantage. Um, yeah. You know, thinking that not 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 every other team is going to be doing some of the similar things. We know that some teams are. But there's some other teams that aren't doing um, as much as we're doing. But definitely, we connect with our guys on a, on a regular basis. So I have gotcha. a group of um, eight to ten guys that I check in with, um, you know, every every so days. To begin, we wanted to make sure we we over communicated so that they can feel the emotional um, connection still stay yeah. present in, in in what we were doing in spring training because we know that a team and 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 having one collective heartbeat. And one breath is extremely important. So we wanted to show them um, the amount of love that we have for them, understanding that many of them, um, everyone has, hasn't been in a situation like this ever before. And so we want to make sure that they, that they knew that we were looking out for them in that regard. And we try to provide them with any additional resources that they might need under the constraints of being at home. Um, so that was the first thing that we did. Um, the second thing that we do is, if we, as, a, as, a, as a staff, We've, we've clearly put together some, some plans and, and we're connecting with our guys in various ways. Um, I won't tell you what those ways are, but we do, so we do, do some Zoom conferencing. It was actually cool. A couple of nights ago, I had, um, you know, 
pretty much all of the hitters were on, on a Zoom conference. And there was a ton of, of trash talking taking place. Um, <laughs> uh, you can you can only imagine a, a room with you know Todd Frazier and Joey Gallo and Elvis and a big you know big big personalities who yeah. haven't seen haven't seen each other in a long time. Um, there was a there was a, a, a very um, increased level of, of excitement to see to see each other. So yeah, we, we have several things that we are doing, but we're definitely connecting with our guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so speaking of the Zoom conference um, with your guys, that's something that we're kind of putting together. I know me and you talked briefly about it, but we wanted we want to do, want to do our first one this Sunday, eight o'clock Eastern. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But I mean, essentially, essentially, we want to we want to have that same type of atmosphere. Like everybody's cooped up, everybody's locked up. You can't get out sure. with your buddies. You can't get out and, and go. You know, maybe you can go hit with one friend. You can meet up and do that, but like you can't go out with the guys and hang out. So we want to create an atmosphere where you know. A, a bunch of baseball guys can get into a room and you know you can join other guys can join and we can just talk baseball answer some questions and just kind of you know just have a, a good time um so let me ask you a question as a major league baseball hitting coach is there a large emphasis on um like software analytics is it more so towards software analytics and less towards you know the mechanics and the normal fundamentals of the old school type thing, or is it kind of spread out? How, how does that look at the major league level? I definitely don't think it's spread out. I think there's a there's a con, uh, concentrated effort to obviously utilize the um, the information that we that we have now, so we can you know make factual decisions. But we still can't take away from the component, the the artistic component of being a coach, right? Like um, I think the the analytics as a whole arms you a little bit stronger, quite honestly. I think if, if a coach, um, rather than just heavily focusing on, on the analytical um, information or data that we're able to, to gather and collect and put into play, I think it's important for a coach to use um, the uniqueness that they might have for each individual player to put together a system that's gonna help that player um, flourish, ultimately is a goal. So I would say, to, to answer the question, we do have a, 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 a big chunk of analytical um, things that we that we do on a daily basis but we definitely as a coaching staff uh, we're very good at, um, at, uh, at using what each player uses so there's the technical component we do focus obviously you need to focus on having some good technical um, skills in your swing like the, at the end of the day I, I told this to someone um, yesterday the, the worse the approach the better the swing needs to be and that really comes down from accurate self-evaluation of the player and also evaluation from the coach on that player. There's some players that you cannot provide them with too much analytical information because it does put them in a position where they kind of lock up and jam up and they can't play the game freely, right? So you, you as a coach, it's, the response, it's your responsibility to make sure that you're, you're providing a menu of things for a player so that that player can then choose what they might need so that they can give themselves the best chance to, to perform when, when the lights come on um, and, 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 and they say play ball. Um, so yeah, I, I look at all of those things. Some guys need visual, some guys need technical, some guys need obviously emotional help. Um, people don't understand um, the challenges of, of being a major league baseball player. Yes, there's a lot of nice things that come with being a major league baseball player, but as a coach, we wear, we wear multiple hats. We have to identify what challenges um, are affecting, affecting that player from playing to their absolute best potential. Um, hopefully that answers the question. Um, yeah. But yeah. 
kind of does. So you mentioned a little bit about uh, like mental awareness and just kind of like if you have um, not so good of an approach, you got to be that much more refined on your mechanics. So you kind of you kind of hinted with talking about that, thinking of it in in realizing that like, having that self realization or that self understanding of you know what I do need to work on. So maybe if you can kind of just expand on you know that aspect of looking at yourself from the outside in and saying okay I this is my weakness, this is my strength, this is something I need to work on, or, you know, just kind of being true to yourself. You know, I think that's where data is very powerful. Um, I think that's where you can really weaponize it in, in a positive way. Because in the past, all we went off of is what, um, and, and I don't have, obviously I don't have a problem with old school because I blend, I blend a, a lot of the things that I do. But part of the, the challenge with old school is coaches oftentimes taught players um, what they struggled with individually. And sometimes that might not be what a player needs. So what you can do is you can, is you can collect data in a number of ways. You can quantify it, you can gather it, and you can make a pretty accurate um, conclusion, you know, as to what they might need. So, for example, um, and, and I don't want to bring a player's name in, but I, I will. Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo, we know that Joey's a very talented um, baseball player. He's funny. He's smart. Um, very explosive as an athlete. And everyone said, well, he strikes out a lot. Well, there, there's always a trade-off between someone who has massive upside offensively. Power is his upside, his ability to hit the ball. And just so people know, Joey Gallo doesn't always try to hit pumps all day long. He's not trying to just hit balls over the fence, right? Like mm -hmm. he knows that he needs to, to be a total hitter if he's, if he's ever going to maximize his best potential. But we recognize that Joey Gallo, over, over time, if he would make better decisions within the strike zone, mm -hmm. Joey Gallo alone would gain X amount of points on his OPS, and X amount of points, more importantly, on, on his balls in play, right? And so there was a heavy emphasis through analytical analysis that, hey, Joey, if we can, if we can get you better at, at making decisions in these, in these particular counts, let's say it's a two-one count, a 2-1 count for Joey is a critical count because it's a big OPS swing in terms of one strike or one ball. People don't understand 2-2, and I don't have the data in front of me, but I can, I can tell you a 2-2 OPS outcome is very different than a 3-1 OPS outcome. Mm -hmm. um, significantly, you're talking about 450 points on an OPS wow. swing. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 in, in some cases, it can be that big of a change, right? And so understanding that and, and showing Joey some of that, um, some of that information, Joey was able to trust us and then go about his work on a daily basis in a manner that he could trust that if he got to a three, two count, that it's probably going to be a ball X amount of times. Right. And it doesn't mean that he was an auto take, but it meant that pitchers were, were trying to throw their, the, excuse my friend, to bastard pitches three, two in hopes that Joey would chase. And he got better at that. And, 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 and in return, he became an all-star. So yeah. that's one quick example, and there's more. Obviously, there's more, um, but that's I think that's one that I, I could be I would be willing to share because it, it, yeah. it turned out positive. A, a huge yeah. Problem. As far as a high school player, I know you work with a lot of high school guys. You work with college guys as well, being in the downtown Tampa area. Um, tell me, tell tell the audience, you know, high school guy that's watching right now, he's missing out on his sophomore season, his junior season. He was really pumped up. You know, he worked out hard all off season, and then all of a sudden, he's got nothing going on. There might be hopes of a summer ball season um, with the you know the tournaments and the showcases. 
um, going into the fall, what kind of, like, if, if you could have a conversation, you know, a two, three minute conversation, just kind of, um, you know, encourage a player that's at home, like, you know, what he should be working on, how he can stay focused, how he can stay motivated, because, you know, that's the thing, like you were mentioning about being on the Zoom calls and being with, you know, all the, the hitters from from your team. It's like, you, you got to have that banter back and forth. When everybody goes home, it changes the atmosphere. And then when you guys are going to come back, when the season does eventually start, you're going to have to get reacclimated to each other. So everybody that's that's home, they're not around their guys, you know, from the high school team. And so it's like, how do I stay motivated instead of just sitting around and not doing anything? I look at it quite honestly two ways. I think of immediately a story came to mind, Ted Williams, right? Like obviously Ted Williams is probably, you know, arguably the greatest hitter um, that has ever, that has ever played baseball. Um, a lot of kids don't know that Ted Williams missed five years playing baseball because he was in the, yeah. he was fighting a war. And so um, if Ted Williams can, can go and fight the war, and I don't mean to put anyone in a situation, but Ted Williams um, came back a stronger man, right? Like, and, and you talk about this is a pandemic, the, a war and a pandemic. Yes, they're, they're extremely um, scary, but a war you can like literally like every time you, you're out there, you can lose your life, right? Like, and, and Ted, Ted Williams was able to go out there, you know, support his country and still manage to put together an unbelievably good career. And I would say to you that everything is an opportunity. You know, you actually, we all know that growth takes place in, in some of our weakest moments. And I think as a young player who in this generation, and I don't mean to, I don't wanna knock this generation because I actually, I love this generation and I work with this generation. Um, but I would say that this generation really hasn't um, dealt with much pain as of yet. And I think this is, a, this is a great opportunity for them to, in their lifetime, either come out on the stronger end of it or the better end of it or on the, on the worst end of it. Um, I think at the end of the day, we all grow when there's, when there's extreme challenges in front of us. I know as a, as a young boy growing up, um, I didn't have a whole lot in the Virgin Islands, right? Like, um, but I can tell you the reason that I'm tougher than most people in, in my generation had everything to do with the fact that I didn't have that much as a child. Um, and, and, and I had a great family. I had more than most kids in my neighborhood, I will tell you quite, quite um, honestly. But... I also know that some of those extreme challenges that I had were the reasons why I can sit in front of you today and say that I've accomplished a lot in my life and I'm, I'm nowhere close to accomplishing what I truly intend to accomplish. Um, so I would say to the young players right now, when this pandemic is done, I think everyone's going to have a story. Everyone's going to be able to say um, that this pandemic created X or Y, right? Like I know for me, um, I'm starting to work on some of my own philosophies because I do believe that that one day I'm going to be a, major, a head hitting coach in the major leagues. So I can use this time to to start to think of some of my personal beliefs beyond, you know, obviously um, everything that we do as an organization is something that I believe in, but I have to be able to expand on it if I want to lead up an a, a entire organization one day. So when my book of my story is done, it will say, Caleb Crab used this pandemic to write his philosophies and his his protocols for being a hitting coach of the whatever team it might be right right so you talk about um you don't want you, you mentioned you don't want to knock this generation of of, of hitter or baseball player let's let's talk uh, about that for a second um because you mentioned you know everyone's going to come out of this with a story right what if they put in the work that's the story that they're going to have if they don't put in the work that's the story of regret that they're going to have um, so 
I think one thing that I've definitely seen the past couple of years, especially, but recently with everyone being inside, they're they're being forced to be on their phone. Where you know the past couple of years, everybody's trying to say, oh, you know, get outside and play, get outside and do this. Now all of a sudden, everybody's like social distance, stay inside, and now everyone's you know getting forced to be creative on you know on their mobile device, on TikTok, whatever it may be. I think from the baseball player standpoint, if you're going to be a baseball player in 2020 and beyond you have to adjust, you have to adapt, you have to take advantage of the realness of social media. It's no longer just a thing. Social media is a thing that you have. Sure. Social media is now keeping the globe together during everything that's going on. Yes, we have TV and whatnot, but like you're not going out, you're not doing this. You're staying connected. Like I've, I've been seeing so many ads on social media, on Facebook for different like video chat companies that I've seen three, four years ago that nobody was really using because there was Instagram, there was Facebook, you know, whatever. But now it's like people are trying to figure out how do I stay connected? How can I do this game, this thing, and then post it here or whatever. So I think from the baseball player standpoint, you're right. They're going to come out of this with a story. Let's start telling that, start, that, that story. Let's start using social media. You know that social media is effective in, um, you know, networking and communicating and connecting with different people, creating relationships, right? It's, sure. it's also, you can also see that social media has helped people come from nothing to something. People are, are making money. People are becoming public figures. People are becoming celebrities just because they have a social media account. So I think it's, I've, I've been taking social media seriously for the past five years in terms of business, in terms of growth, I think some people are really going to start taking social media seriously now. And I encourage baseball players to take it seriously and utilize where are you getting exposure right now? Where are you having a college coach look at you and, and, and see your skills and, and, and they still have to recruit. They still, there's still life is still going on. Things are, are still going to go back into place. So how are you getting an exposure with no perfect game tournaments, no showcases coming up, take advantage of, what you have and that you, you have a mobile device, you have the opportunity to film your swings in the backyard, set up, you know, if you don't have the best setup, it doesn't matter. It's not about having, like you just talked about, you know, you feel like being, being from, um, you know, the Virgin Islands that you didn't have as much, not that you, you were poor or anything like that. You just didn't have the fancy setups and everything like that. So it doesn't matter if it's, if it's the best, you know, backyard batting cage, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're putting in the work, and showing someone that you have the drive and the desire to put in that work when everything is going against you, you can't, you know, work out with your team, you can't work out with your buddy, so you have to improvise. I think that is going to, to show a story as well that you are, you're, you're strong-willed, you're determined, you have a desire, you have a work ethic, you have something um, inside you that, that is pushing you to get to that next level. The question I just asked you, how do you stay motivated during this time? Well, the person that's putting in that work, creating those videos, going out and running every day when they don't have to be told to or you know doing a going on on google or going on youtube and trying to find a home workout that they can at least stay in shape stay flexible and find a place to throw you know that's that's showing that they really want it they they have those intangibles so i i want to ask you in terms of social media do you think that this um pandemic that we're in right now has changed your perspective on social media or has it reinforced your perspective on social media? Cause I know that you've been on social media for a while. You, you're not just new to it right now. You aren't as active as others, 
but you use it, you use it for your, your software, your analytics and your lessons and things like that. So give me just kind of a, a rundown on that from your perspective. So I would say, I think there's two, I think there's two sides, uh, two sides to it. There's no question that social media um, gives us the power to, to grow individually. It gives us the power to connect socially. It gives us the power um, to do a number of things that can help elevate a person's um, potential. But with all things, there always needs to be a good plan. Um, and I think that, that would be the, the, the only um, backdrop that I would, I would emphasize for a player. Um, the plan needs to be very specific in terms of, I am using social media to gain information from someone that is more, like, like not more powerful, but more successful than I have been. I am gaining um, insight into, in, into how the best in the world go about their craft because I can individually connect with them on a, on a personal level. Um, I think where, where I, at times, I encourage players to, to develop a strategy also on the other side of it, where social media can be an intoxicating thing in, 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 a, in, a, in a manner that you start to read some of the things that are being said about you. And, and you start to build up a, a, a particular anxiety over lack of, of, um, of outcomes um, uh, and maybe in your career, maybe someone anointed a, a baseball player that they would be the next Bryce Harper. And that baseball player, because they didn't have a specific strategy in place, good guidance, good minds like yourself, prospect dugout, um, uh, you know, Coach Ferber, you know, yeah. Journeyman Series, some of these more upbeat and powerful social media sites, rather than some of the other social media sites that say, um, you're not doing it the way it is supposed to be done. Yeah. That is, that's nonsense the way you're doing it, right? Like, you should be with me. I think the player needs to have, I think, again, that's the point. The player needs to have a clear and concise strategy for which direction they're going to go, what type of energy are they going to gravitate towards? Because in, in, in reality, if they go in the wrong direction because the person that they're going to um, has their own motives, mm -hmm. then, then it could become a dangerous situation. And so you need to find appropriate platforms. The type of platforms that are putting together good educational advice you might have to pay for it, which is which is a part of getting good information yeah. you have to invest in yourself in order for you to to do great things um, i firmly believe in that you pay a premium to improve yeah. and so um i think you know again the point is make, make sure you have a clear plan you, you social media has helped me grow um as, as a person it's helped my business grow you know i obviously i've slowed down again intentionally but i remember uh, not too long ago watching a, a, a interview of Rory McIlroy. I'm obviously keep like, I love golf. Um, I'm a low handicap golfer. I want to continue to get better as a golfer, but I, I, I listen to what the best in golf do as well. And it provides a, a very good backdrop as to what they deal with and how they minimize um, the exposure, the things that are detrimental to their career. Rory McIlroy has made a con you know, concentrated effort to make sure that when he utilizes social media, he's, he's utilizing it in a way that we're utilizing it, where we're mm -hmm. connected with, with not only, you know, a brother on the other end of the screen, but multiple brothers and sisters that can, that can get an opportunity to improve. And so he's essentially cut out from reading some of the, the pundits that, that make evaluations and statements and assumptions about them because it was affecting his play. And that, can, that, that is a very slippery, slippery slope for someone to, 
to, to get on because once you start going on that slope, it's extremely hard to get off of it. So yeah. um, I think that's important. I mean, again, I don't know if that specifically answers the question, but I do believe that if you're going to use social media, let's make sure that we, we, we gravitate to the right people that can really help us. Yeah, I think um, you're, you're right on when you say that you need to have a plan and a purpose because um, <clears throat> there, there's a lot, of, a lot of times where you just get into something because someone else is doing it and you just, it's like, well, they're doing it. So I'm going to be there and do it. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was actually, um, I don't know why this reminded me of this, but I'm working. Well, maybe this is why, because you're talking about your low handicap at golf and um, we need to, we need to hit the link soon, by the way. Please. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it is essential in the state of Florida still. It is. I am an essential worker because I work part-time at a golf course exactly. at the country club. So, but I was thinking this morning, I was actually, I was out uh, watering greens this morning and I was, the thought popped into my head. Do you, do you want to be good or considered good at what you do because everybody else around you sucks? Or do you, exactly. you want to be good at something and get noticed for something because you're putting in the work and you're at a level where you're, you're showing how good you are. doesn't mean that you're better than anybody else. doesn't mean you have better skills than anybody else. You could be equal or comparable to somebody else, but they might be lazy. They might not be maximizing their skills. You're putting in the effort. So do you want to be, do you want to be um, recognized or noticed or whatever for being good because somebody else sucks or because you're actually putting in the work and you're showcasing your skills? So I think um, I'm tying that into what you said about having a plan with social media. Um, I think a lot of times we get into things and just do it just because everybody else is doing it. So hopping on social media because everybody else is doing it. Okay. I like the initial step that you're taking the chance and taking the risk and going and doing it. But if you're just doing that and then you get there and you have no plan, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to quit. You're going to be done. It's going to be over with. You're going to be like, I want to doesn't uh, work. Right. That's why, that's why so many people, when they join a gym after new year's, and then they quit within a week is because they want the results, but they don't want to put in the six months of work. They want the instant sure. gratification of sure. that's a great idea. It makes sense. I understand the process. I understand everything that I'm going to have to do to get it. And then once they dive into it and start, it's like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. So um, I want to tie that into, into the, the social media world. That's what uh, Craig and I saw back in 2015 was there's, players that are going out to these showcases. There's players that are going out to these events to get noticed. That's the only reason why they're doing it. They're not yeah. spending hundreds, thousands of dollars to go have fun. They can do that in local little league. Everyone is out there trying to get noticed, trying to get seen. So we said, what do they do when they go home? How do they get noticed? So we came up with the idea of the digital exposure, but then you kind of just a light bulb went off in my head when you said this about having a plan, getting on social media, that's exactly what we've created is a template for a plan to put out the stuff that you need to put out to get the exposure. So a profile with the certain details, with the different information that college coaches want, that, that professional scouts want, um, a, a different tab for your stats so you can keep those up to date, your schedule so someone can see when you're playing, they can see your highlights and your videos. You can then take that and what we've been talking about in the podcast is, is that connection that not just me, you know, hopping on here and, and talking to you, it's actually, we're doing it for a purpose. We're, we're talking about baseball. We're creating, we're coming up with ideas right now on the business world and on the baseball world, just having this conversation. Then everyone that's watching this is, is getting value because they're getting their mind opened up to something else. So, you know, you, you, you think about a plan. Okay. 
we saw this in 2015. We created this, this prospect dugout app, this platform. We're building this business. We're growing. Now we're at a point where it's like people are actually like realizing I can't go outside and play. I can't go outside and do something. I have to switch to online. So we feel like kind of we're ahead of the game when it comes to that, that idea. But that's why we're on this video podcast. That's why I've got up here. We're doing uh, the the virtual master the virtual mastermind on Sunday where we're just going to hang out. We're going to talk baseball. We're going to provide value to you know high school players, youth players, parents, coaches, high school coaches, whatever that are just you know bored out of their mind. We're gonna we're gonna provide that that value there. But then also working on on instructional videos, how to stay in shape, um, what you know uh, elite hitters possess in their swing, what. Uh, a college coach what three things a college coach is going to look for so we're we're working on putting some of this content out there to give you a plan to say okay you want to get better at social media well i've got an ebook that talks about how to get exposure using social media i'm going to create an online course for it so that way someone that wants to take their facility and get virtual lessons now that they can't bring groups or teams into the place and they want to keep making money they can you know learn how to do that so i think you're you're a hundred percent right in your answer that yes it's it's good to be on social media but it's not good if you don't have a plan because it's not going to accomplish anything so um i think you know i think with the way that people are reacting to the current situation the world is not going to go back to how it was can't because everyone has a different perspective of you know wearing face masks now and wearing gloves and you know six feet apart social distancing can't go you know these stores can only have 50 percent capacity so i think it's not about um waiting for everything to go back to normal so you can just hop right and flow i think that comes back to that question of do you want to be noticed for being good because everyone else sucks or do you want to be noticed for being good because you're actually putting in the work and getting better so you have to think okay we're we're being forced to stay away from people. What can I do now to stay continue staying in shape? What can I do now to continue getting my name out there to continue connecting with college coaches, all these college coaches that would see me at a perfect game tournament? How are those college coaches going to, you know, find out about me? Maybe I start creating videos and I figure out how to use Facebook ads to go and target these college coaches or to start, you know, targeting these colleges and whatnot. I mean, there's so many things that you can learn, you know, to, to be able to adapt. So tell me, you know, let's, let's wrap up the podcast. Cause I know it's been about 45 minutes now. So let's, um, let, let's kind of wrap up, but give me your thoughts on baseball in 2020 and beyond what, what you think in terms of, cause I know everybody's been talking about virtual umpires in major league baseball. How much better does that sound in, with what's going on right now? That's one less person at home plate. So it's like, you know, all these, all these things that we never would have thought to consider, we're actually like now we're pondering, okay, maybe not that extreme, but like maybe we do need to do something about it. There's, there's no question in the history of, of, um, of the world that uh, extreme um, circumstances, um, it, 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 it motivates and inspires positive change, right? Like we know that some of the greatest inventions, some of the, um, the most uh, the greatest advancement in, in, in particular periods of time have t- typically taken place because of, of a challenge. Um, and we know um, in, in terms of baseball, there's going to be unique challenges that, that all professional sports are going to be dealing with from this day forward. We hope that they don't last forever. We hope that the, the, the health and, um, and sciences world 
are able to figure out um, a vaccination for, for the COVID-19 um, virus so that we can get back to having, um, you know, close um, interactions at, a, at a, um, an arena or a stadium, football field or, or et cetera. Um, you know, but I would say, I would say that baseball in 2020, um, I think there's going to be baseball. I, I, I just, I cannot tell you no one, like when I say this, like straight up, you can read whatever articles you want. No one knows when it's going to happen. I know. Like, 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 and I know that there's reports from time to time that are coming out. Um, it's a very fluid situation. Um, if I, if I had to guess, you know, what my guess best would be, I mean, July, yeah. I mean, June, I mean, there's, but who knows? I mean, I do not think, I think this, this narrative or this idea that it's just going to magically go away. I think that's just a fallacy. I don't believe that, um, that that's going to be the case because we, we, we don't understand everything just yet. Um, and we know that in terms of baseball, um, there's, like I just mentioned, there's challenges, right? Like, like, like the umpire being right behind the guy, the dugout, guys are close next to each other. The travel that we, the amount of travel that we have day in and day out. We go to a new hotel, we go to a new city. We're like, I mean, unfortunately, we're like the perfect host um, to, 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 to carry on this, this virus where some of us might be asymptomatic, right, to this virus. And then we infect three people and those three people become symptomatic and they infect another. So like, I'm not a doctor and I don't want to pretend to be one. I, I mean, that would be, that would be absolute um, idiotic, right? Like, but... I would say to you that um, there is a level of excitement, and I've always said this about umpires, right? Like, and and I don't want to, I don't want to get in trouble or anything, but I do believe that there is a way for us to get a little bit better um, with umpiring. Um, umpires have a very hard job. Let's be honest. Like, um, in, in in a lot of cases, um, you know, six mistakes that they might make during a game could be, and, and six is relatively low. It's a very low. I mean, that is like a great number. Right, that's ninety-four percent success rate in most cases. Um, but those six mistakes that they make could potentially cost a team a World Series, mm-hmm. right? Like, so how do we how do we take and bridge the gap from an umpire being extremely good and still making six mistakes, and then at the same time something in that in that mistake might have cost a, a World Series championship for someone? Um, it's not it's not fair to beat up the umpires, and I'm being honest. I'm extremely critical. I am on the opposite end of, of, of the umpire spectrum. I'm not going to even pretend. I've had many debates in our clubhouse, many of debates with many people, um, and, and other people make good arguments as well. But I do believe that this might be an opportunity for us to examine um, an automatic strike zone. Some would say no, and, I, and I'm not saying to just jump to it right away, but why not use a 100-game schedule potentially to test it if it yeah. sucks? We'll move on from it and we'll go back to the way that things work. If it's work. a strike, it's a strike. That's, I mean, and, and again, I'm, I'm threat, like I'm, I'm walking like a ninja right now because I don't want to like say anything that I shouldn't say, but um, I, do, I do see um, some mistakes taking place. Yeah. I mean, even, um, you know, we could go on, there could be a, a host of things, but at the end of the day, back, back to the point, like baseball definitely and other sports are going to start to get creative because look, sports are the greatest getaway for, for humankind and for people to connect. Sports are not going to go away. Like, 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 that's not the case. You might see a very different environment, right? Like you might see in the seat next to you, you might see hand sanitizer pumps, right? Like they might ask you for the next year to wear a mask when you come to a game, right? Like 
Most people are probably going to bring their own hand sanitation device, right? And wipe down the seats when they sit down in it. Like these are things that like to a point where you're not going to see someone go from one seat to the next in the, throughout the course of a game. These things are going to change. I mean, you might see, you might see standing more standing only areas rather than yeah. sitting. Yeah. Like I'm just, these are things that like, I know a lot of people out there are probably not think, thinking about, but the truth be told is um, sport, some, I guarantee you someone's thinking about it and like, it's going to happen. Yeah. So, so uh, this reminds me, we're talking about this, but uh, I'm reminded that you work with youth players as well. So I yes. want to, I want to throw this in. Yeah. It, um, it's what, 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 what do you think? How do you think the youth atmosphere, the, the showcase, the travel ball tournaments, how do you think that world is going to look moving forward? I mean, everybody's uh, all over everybody. Everybody's nobody uses the bleachers. Everybody's got their own dude, chair. That's, uh, like that's, that's, that's going to be, very very different um there's no question that you're going to see a greater emphasis on spacing with these players right like and like let's be honest teenage boys aren't the cleanest right like let's let's i mean i i was a teenager and i wasn't that clean right mm -hmm. um I, I, I probably went two days without showering sometimes right like um and that the reality is that those things happen when you're teenagers so there's, there's no question there's going to be an emphasis on mm -hmm. making sure that um, cleanliness is going to be there um, there might be educational classes before you actually start the showcase. Um, yeah. Talking about, um, you know, making sure you have your own water. Um, water won't be provided for you. You know, don't drink, you know, take a sip from someone else's. Even instruction, like, now, I've always been a one-on-one -on -one instructor, as you know. Um, I've done some camps, but I've always enjoyed right. the, I've always kind of enjoyed the, um, the emotional opportunity that you get to, to have with, with, a, with a young person and connect with them. Um, and give them the, the time of day that, that you're hyper-focused on them individually, which really gets to go a long place. But in, in some of these gyms, you're going to see a very different, um, a very different um, you know, interaction now. There might sure. not be as many group sessions or um, in smaller group sessions, there'll probably be six instead of trying to like pack your, your cage or your gym with like as many people as you can mm -hmm. to, um, to make as much money as you can. Now there might be a, um, an auto correction in that industry and yeah. make it less about, you know, you know, making X amount of dollars in an hour. And look, I, I'm, I love, I mean, capitalism is you got to make money. Like, I, like, like, let's not be real. We do live in probably the greatest, um, you know, um, country and, and, um, Era. era of all time yeah. yeah um so we can't we can't discount how great we have it but there's no doubt there's going to be some challenges yeah presented um so yeah. um Yo, before, <laughs> what um before i close um i want to do a shout out real quick to uh baseballism um just looking at myself in the reflection i'm seeing the shirt they just did so travis just posted the Love world's longest relay so it was seven continents 17 countries and then all 50 states were that's represented sick. in this igtv video i think it was like 20 minutes i don't know maybe not that long but that's it was sick. just a relay going across all these different places it was, it was pretty sweet um so i just want to give them a little shout out there um and then before i close um can you give our audience one drill to work on this week at home 
So like right now, just a hitter. Um, they don't have, they don't have equipment. They don't have anything, what they can find in their house, something that they can do to stay in shape. You talked about, it's important for your, your eyes to stay active vision, mental side. We talked about that, but then we also talked about mechanics. So give me one drill that I, I'll, I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them two things. So I'll, okay. I'll give them, I'll give them a physical thing okay. and then I'll go ahead and I'll give them a, um, a visual thing. So visually let's start off. I want everyone to go on Amazon or find somewhere you can go get um, a pack of tennis balls, get six tennis balls, um, get some permanent markers on those tennis balls, put different colors. So you'll put a red, you'll put a blue, you'll put a yellow, you'll put you know, whatever colors you have available to you. Within those colors, you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna have um, your mom, your dad, a brother, whomever, being, obviously being safe, socially, socially distancing, you're gonna find a, a wall, you're gonna take that tennis ball and you're gonna, they're gonna throw it from behind you. So you don't know what color tennis ball they're throwing. You're gonna be in your hitting stance, the ball's gonna bounce off the wall, you're gonna make a decision with, with, um, with a hand, a specific hand to try to catch it, or you can do it this way. You will say, I will not catch anything that's green, blue, and yellow, and I'll only catch red and white, if, if you have a white color marker, so, or silver. And so what you'll do is you'll do some form of decision-making that's gonna allow you um, to keep your, your visual acuity um, sharp, quick, and, and, and accurate. And then from a physical standpoint, what I want you guys to do is, is kind of work on some, some glute bridges where you're gonna get, you're gonna lay flat on your back and you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna put your feet um, in line with your knees, like you're doing a, um, almost like a, a sit up, but you're gonna sit up by pushing your butt up off the ground so that you can activate your, your glutes and um, get some energy off the ground with your heels going up if that makes sense. So yep. a, a glute bridge is, is a, great, a great way for you guys to not let the, the glutes get deactivated and that when you do start back up with baseball, you're probably going to you know, injure the lower back because we know that the glutes are extremely important. And then even, well, let's add one more. Let's add one more. Let's do some ankle mobility. Okay. All right. So what we'll do is we'll go ahead. We'll have the, um, I'll, I'll show my feet. We'll have the hitter. Um, Excuse me, I got my rap sword in the background. <gasps> Apologize. So what you'll do, if you can see, you'll have the hitter work on. Oh, where's my feet? Can I find it? <laughs> you'll have the hitter work on. Have the hitter work on creating a little bit of uh, movement. You're gonna yeah. go inversion, you know, and you're just kind of working in all four planes of motion, where you're just gonna keep those ankles. I don't want to get too too technical or medical yeah. issues. So just move them in the four planes um, that you can move them. You know, right? You're for, yeah. Like, for for those that were uh, not on the Instagram live, um, so he was going like this with his foot. He was just raising. He was just raising his ankle up like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's so you, all. You came out of, that's okay. No, no. Um, came out of left field with that. I was not expecting those those two drills. So anyway, I apologize. <laughs> that's okay. So, Calix, dude, it's been awesome. Um, thank you for hopping on here. Uh, you you told me the other day you're like, man, I'm trying to book up as many podcasts as I can. I'm trying to book up as many interviews. I want to get out there. I want to talk baseball and it's obvious why. I mean, now it looks like we're on here for an hour. So um, we've just been talking, man. We've just been having fun. So I mentioned to you about the mastermind Sunday at eight Eastern. So we'll talk more about that, but let's, let's plan on that. Um, have some guys in there. Maybe we can get a couple other guys um, to, to join and just kind of just talk just like we just did. Um, just cap it at an hour. Um, and just kind of interact with the community interact with um, you know, the audience. So let me just go ahead and wrap up by, by thanking our special guest on the, the prospect dugout podcast, Calix Crab, the Texas Rangers major league baseball assistant hitting coach owner of um, owner and operator of Crabology down in Tampa, Florida. 
um, right in there with Diesel Fitness. I know you're, you're partnered up with them and they're putting out a lot of cool content. Um, I've seen a lot of big league guys that are down there training, working out. So I know that, um, you know, they're having an impact as well. So um, thank you so much again um, for everybody that is listening. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, feel yeah, free. Yeah, go ahead and follow. If you guys, if you guys want us to, uh, well, want me to, to do a little bit more, just, um, you know, send a, a quick message. Sometimes I do miss some messages because, again, I, I intentionally, mm-hmm. I don't get too, too locked in um, on it. I have two young kids and I got to make sure that I, that I um, yeah. focus during this time. Yeah. But I do want to um, be able to provide a little bit of emotional support for players. This is a, this is a tough time. Yeah. Um, and any way that we can, that we can, any way we can connect is going to be, I think, helpful for the larger community. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I was to say. If you need anything, if you want, you know, videos posted on Prospect Dugout, you want to talk about masterminds, you want to talk about online classes, virtual classes, one-on-one training with with Calix during this, you know, downtime, you know, hit us up via DM. Um, on this video recording, we're going to have our Instagram's uh, handles on the screen, so you'll be able to contact us that way. Um, but yeah, just, you know, we hope that you enjoyed, um, you know, this talk as much as I did, as much as Calix did. So thank you. Uh, thank you again, Calix. And thank you for listening um, to the Prospect Dugout podcast. Appreciate it.